standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Librocuba. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicalist. Today, my friends, is high Internet Day. A very, very, uh, yep, one more very special Fry Internet Day, in that it is episode 250. Hey, that's halfway to to freaking 500. That's a lot of goddamn episodes. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That is not, for me, a sort of very significant milestone. I'm more about the 200 and 300 and not so much the 250. However, something has happened which when combined with episode 250, has made it very, very, what the hell, we'll we'll throw in the third very, again, very special. And that is the new show opening that you just heard, presumably, that you didn't fast-forward through it. If you did fast-forward through the show opening, go back and have a listen, because it's new and exciting for the reason that it was delivered to you by none other than Mr. Pendulette. Yes, that Pendulette of the magical comedy duo, Penn and Teller, of probably, well, definitely in my top three of favorite atheists, that as well, fellow podcaster, uh uh-huh, fellow podcaster who occasionally throws out anti-religious rants, uh uh-huh, fellow podcaster who... Occasionally throws out anti-religious rants. Who is married to a woman named Emily? Uh huh. Can I do another one? A fellow podcaster who occasionally throws out religious rants. Who is married to a woman named Emily? Who um, has a Las Vegas show? Okay, I, I uh, may have made that last one up, but still, yeah, but still, this came about in. Uh, an interesting way, I suppose, and that is, you may have noticed that crowdfunding, crowdsourcing has become a thing lately. A thing! Uh, so Pendulette is in the process of creating a movie. To get this movie funded, you can have a hand in funding it! Ha! <laughs> How about that? You know what? I, I don't have it here because uh, I'm going to give you a little behind-the-scenes action. What I'm recording right now as I am speaking these words is just the show opening, and then we're going to hop into the show in moments. So uh, when I hop back, uh, I'll try to have a little more details as far as the specifics of his movie and where you can go and help fund it. It is technically uh, over now, 100% funded, but it's one of those uh, examples of just because he has all the money he originally asked for, if we give him more money the end product will be able to have even cooler and more exciting things. Things! I love things. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come back with more details. Uh, my plan for this Fry Internet Day episode is to bring back an episode of Penn's Sunday School, which is his podcast. So, I'm going to go to work, which is what I'm doing right now, 
And when I get there, I'm going to listen to one and write down a couple of notes. And then, when I record the rest of this podcast, we'll friggin' talk about it. That's what's going to happen. Since uh, he was super, super nice to do me the solid of that show opening, I thought the very least I could do is um, bring back an episode of his podcast. Well, also pay him for doing so. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't out of the goodness of his heart, but it was good. And it did warm my heart, so... Mm. And uh, his wife, Emily, super, 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 super nice. Our email communications back and forth were done through Emily, and uh, couldn't have been nicer. Very, very much appreciated. So thank you, a special thank you goes out to that Emily, as well as my Emily. Why not? Why not? As long as we're thanking Emily's, we'll thank Penn's Emily, we'll thank my Emily. Hell, let's thank Kamel Nanjiani's Emily as well. Just just a whole thankful to Emily's out there. Okay, so uh, let's get some business in before I press this button that says transition and we start talking about Penn Sunday School. Business, such as the fact that on Internet Day episodes, I do not give out spoiler warnings. However, I also do mention that I don't give out spoiler warnings, which in itself is a sort of spoiler warning when you really dig down deep. Or DDD. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> no. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow flourish and become uh, listened to by others that are not currently listening to this episode. Hmm, that's a that's an interesting thought there. That will of course take us into our last piece of podcast related bid myths, which is today's sponsor, which is the Pen and Teller customizable bank teller pen chains. Once again, today's sponsor is the Pen and Teller Customizable Bank Teller Pen Chains. Thank you to that for sponsoring this. Okay, so that's it for the show opening. What will happen now is the transition, and we'll start talking. So uh, just before I do that, special thanks to Pen Gillette and Emily Gillette. So, so nice people, and uh, it is greatly appreciated for your show Opening that I'm now going to be using forever and ever. And I guess, uh, let's just say here's to 250 more episodes. Yeah, sure. Pushing button now. Transition. You wanted details? I'll get your details right here. Well, I don't know if you actually did want details, but I have them here. If, if you care to, to listen to them. Details, specifically, of... Penn Gillette's Fund Anything project, project in which he's trying to get a movie made, in fact, succeeded in getting it funded. Now comes the making of it, I suppose, is the next logical step. The movie is called Director's Cut. It is hard to explain, but uh, I would expect nothing less from Mr. Gillette. Uh, horror movie? Uh, maybe. Suspense? Sure. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I think it's probably safest. And more interesting for you, potentially. 
to go over to fund anything, type in Director's Cut, type in perhaps Penn Jillette even, and uh, you will see what this very, very interesting movie is all about. Another thing you will see is why I think uh, things such as Fund Anything and Kickstarter are brilliant ideas, and that is I'm not donating money towards having this movie made. No, I am purchasing this movie as well as getting a whole bunch of cool shit. This is the way I'm looking at it. They need to almost come up with a different word to describe these quote-unquote donations, because donations is not right. That's That implies you're giving and not getting anything back, whereas, depending on how much you do give, you will get back very, very cool things. Uh, tiers, I do believe they call them, on both Kickstarter and this Fund Anything. Uh, highly, highly recommend you check either or both of these sites out. And because this is a Fry Internet Day episode in which we talk about things from the Fry Internets, makes sense to talk a little bit about these things, right? They are internet websites, so it is logical. And if I like anything, it is logical. And boobs. Yeah, so uh, basically I would recommend checking out these sites, looking at things that are of interest to you, and perhaps giving a little of your hard-earned money for that uh, feeling that I have now that I'm part of the movie-making business. As well as I uh, have the whole new show opening thing that's pretty goddamn awesome. Once again, before I move on, that is Fun Anything, Pendulette, Director's Cut, Go have a boo, why don't you? That rhymes, and you know it rhymes. Okay, as promised, I have brought back a episode of Penn's Sunday School, which is Penn Gillette's podcast, which uh, I brought back a handful of times over these 250 episodes. I figured, since it's been a little bit since I had brought one back, and that combined with, well, Penn Gillette not doing the opening, I might as well bring one back. Again, logical. It is logical. And also, boobs are good. Yeah, just to reiterate that that uh, boob uh, point there. <laughs> uh, I think I've mentioned this from time to time. My notes, such as they are, are just little point form things to get my brain uh, moving in certain directions. My first note here is, it says, Monkey Tuesday. That's, that's all it says, Monkey Tuesday. Uh, on Penn Sunday School, they have this thing. Quite often, podcasts will develop things, such as uh, my sponsor, for example. My totally 100% real sponsor at the top of every show. That's a thing that happens on this podcast. A thing that happens on Penn's, Penn Sunday School is something called Monkey Tuesday. This is a thing that I enjoy for the reason that whenever Penn says Monkey Tuesday which sometimes he says more than others in this episode, I believe only the once. Uh, they'll play a little ditty on the piano, and he'll make a noise like a monkey to the tune being played on the piano. It's, I can guarantee you, you could probably find it as a ringtone ring somewhere out there for the reason that it would be silly not to have this as a ringtone. And if anyone over at Penn Sunday School is listening to this, and it is not a ringtone, please... Feel free to have my idea to make that a ringtone as long as you send me one ringtone of that, please. Uh, Monkey Tuesday will often involve... Oh, you know what I should do? 
this will take a little work, but uh, I think I have time. Yeah, I do have time. What I'll do is get an example of Pendulette saying Monkey Tuesday, and then put it right here. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it what it is. Okay, that took a lot of work to do what I just did there. So I hope you appreciate it. Hmm. Uh, quite often, when he says that word, it will indicate that they're going to talk about uh, a story involving monkeys, which right up my alley and right up the alley of many insane people, such as uh, myself and presumably Pendulette. Just a story about monkeys in the world that are interesting and sometimes funny, sometimes educational. You don't know. You don't know what it's going to be, but there's going to be some goddamn monkeys in it. The start of this episode, in fact, a, a large chunk at the beginning of this episode, was very, very interesting because it gave quite a bit of a, I guess, behind-the-scenes look at um, something that happens in the Penn and Teller Las Vegas show. I have mentioned from time to time, especially when that comes up, that the missus and I, on our honeymoon in Las Vegas, saw one show, and one show only, and it was, in fact, Mr. Penn and Teller doing their uh, show, and it was a little slice of awesomeness, so I uh, highly recommend, if you are in Vegas, to see this show, because it's uh, just amazing. Anyways, the behind-the-scenes action came in the form of uh, Penn explaining that they, and I don't know if this is every time, are closing the show with a new uh, device, let's call it. The device in question shoots out uh, 500, I think he said, 500 plus, let's, let's add a plus in there, um, cards. Just like explodes them into the air, almost like a fountain. I'm picturing sort of bazooka-like, but he's used the word fountain, and sort of what went into the making of the device that does this. Something that Penn mentions from time to time is that uh, unlike a lot of people's magical acts, his is his and Teller's is sort of ever-changing. They're always adding, taking away, coming up with new things to do, such as this. And I think that says something about his personality, that uh, he doesn't want to be stuck doing the same thing day in, day out. He needs a little variety, as that is apparently the spice of life. Hmm. You know what? When I'm having a little Life Brand cereal, I put a little variety on it, and it is spicy. Ugh. No sense. No sense. So I wonder how this uh, throwing of a shit ton of cards comes into play at the end of his show. It's just sort of a, oh, this is the end. Here's cards everywhere. Goodbye. <laughs> if it is like that, that amuses me, but maybe there's a little more to it. One thing I'm wondering is, who's got to clean these up? <laughs> you know it's not Penn and Teller going around after the show cleaning these up. Maybe it is. That would also amuse me greatly. If it's like, alright, Teller, show's over, let's go clean up those cards. Uh, amusing. Penn spoke of his recent appearian... Appearian? It's not a word. Recent appearance on uh, Rachel vs. Guy Celebrity Cook-Off. Cooking. I can't read my own writing. Cook-Off or Cooking. Celebrity Cooks. 
Uh, anyways, it is apparently a uh, reality-type show in which uh, Rachel, Ray, and Guy Fieri... Notice how I say his name, Guy Fieri. Uh, anyways, uh, they get some people, they, I guess, quote-unquote, teach them how to cook, and then whoever cooks better wins, which I suppose would indicate who is the better teacher, kind of. Anyways, uh, not a show I have seen before. I didn't. I, I, I think I've heard of it. I didn't know there was a celebrity version. I would definitely, in fact, I'm going to do as I like to do from time to time and give myself one of the old mental notes. Jordan, see if you can find this episode and watch it. Now, mental note completed. I wouldn't normally probably watch this show. However, uh, I wouldn't normally watch Celebrity Apprentice. However, I did when Pendulette was on it, when uh, Adam Carolla was on it, when there were people on it who I cared about. I will watch a show. I, I guess that's sort of the idea between behind these celebrity-type things, that if you like the celebrities that come on them, you will be more likely to watch them. And uh, I definitely like... Pendulette, duh, even, also had uh, Vanilla Ice on it, who I think is an interesting dude, uh, watched a little bit uh, with the missus of his um, show where he went out to Amish country and worked with Amish people doing construction and what have you, that was interesting, seems like a, like an interesting dude, he was also on it, is why I say that, so was Florence Henderson, Florence Henderson, uh, I think a little before my time, what show was she on, um, the Partridge Family or the Brady Bunch. I, I kind of get those mixed up a little bit because I was born in 81 and I think they were on in the 70s, yeah? Anyways, apparently Florence Henderson and Pendulette get along very well, sort of as being taught, sitting in the back of the class, goofing around, as Penn describes it. Says uh, <laughs> Fidel Ice paying close attention, trying to learn. <laughs> Pendulette, Florence Henderson in the back of the room joking around. <laughs> the part that I'm laughing at the most is that, and I, I, I don't know how this can possibly be true, but he said it with such, convic such conviction that I have to believe it is true, and it boggles my mind. He says that in the back of this class, Florence Henderson said to me, said to him, <laughs> I can't even say it, said to him, you, you want to fuck me, don't you? you want to fuck Florence Henderson? To which he replied, yes, yes, of course I do. Now, this is a, a, is a story that I think people who have ever seen Florence Henderson and know of her roles in sort of very buttoned-down, family-oriented fare would find hard to believe. But, man, the way he said it, I, I have to at least potentially think that maybe this did happen, and it, that is mind-blowing to me. I wrote down what they cooked, steak. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give too much away of this episode of Rachel vs. Guy's Celebrity Cook-Off, or Cooking, or something. Uh, Pendulette cooked one of the best steaks they'd ever had, so good, uh, good on him. The next topic they moved into is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. This is a movie that was... Did it win? No, I don't think it won. Or did it win? I can't remember. Anyways, the movie that was up for a Golden Globe supposed to be very, very good. I'll watch it probably eventually and bring it back on a movie Monday. Anyways, the reason they were bringing it up is the fact that uh, a screener was leaked. Mm. This is uh, good for people, the leaking of screeners, that is, 
who download movies illegally for the reason that uh, it is movies that are sometimes not even out, at the very least movies that are still in theaters. What happens is the people at Golden Globes or the Emmys or what have you will send around DVDs of these movies up for awards, and they are called screeners. Send them to people so they can um, see them, vote on them. Uh, I think if you're in the biz, you get to see them. I don't really know what the criteria is for having access to these things, but it's pretty freaking awesome. It's quite an elite club, and uh, I wish I was a member of that club. Better than the Jam of the Month Club, I'll tell you that much. Anyways, this is, uh, I guess as you say, screener season, and a copy of this was leaked, and whoever got their hands on it uploaded it to the internet so everyone could download it for free. That's a big no-no, and a big bad-bad. <laughs> Something very, very interesting of these screeners, perhaps not all of them, but some of the, the, the top-tier movies that come out, such as this one that was nominated for a Golden Globe, have uh, watermarks on them, and that means that periodically over the course of the film, it will say something along the lines of, this is a screener, uh, this copy belongs to blah blah blah, Um, if you are watching this, it's illegal, we're going to come send guys to your house and break your legs if you're watching this, that that sort of general idea. Now this leak screener had the watermark of Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) Which is funny, because somehow, some way, she's definitely of that elite group that gets to preview movies. That makes sense. Uh, somehow, some way, her copy got into the wrong hands. So, I wonder what happens in that case. Like, is she not allowed to get these anymore? Is there a fine of some sort? It's not good. It's, it's not good. You're supposed to... Uh, I didn't know this part of the whole process, but uh, Penjet... Pendulette said that you are supposed to, after watching these movies, break them in half. So that's a kind of an interesting little behind-the-scenes of the screener process. Huh. Next, they moved on to Edward Snowden, which, uh, because this is... Is it world politics? Or is it just American politics? An American story, I, I'm, I guess I should say. I, I know the brief outline of Edward Snowden's story but not enough to add anything to the conversation, definitely. So it was kind of nice to hear a little bit more of it, just from the point of view of, and this is what I find interesting about it, is he a hero or is he a traitor? That sort of idea. And it's kind of interesting that someone can fluctuate so rapidly between being described as a hero of the people and a traitor to the country, that that sort of idea. If you are unfamiliar, Edward Snowden is a leaker of CIA, NSA things, sure. Yeah, see, I don't really know the story enough to talk about it, but as quite quite often happens on Penn's Sunday School, they will delve into actual, factual, serious issues. Issues. So, uh, on top of the show being entertainment, you may, as I did on this episode, learn a little something, which is, uh, which is always nice. It uh, kind of reminds me of some of my internet days, for the reason that I'll bring back funny shit, and then I'll bring back, say, a TED Talk or something like that. Or if you listen to, may have been my last internet day, I brought back three TED Talks. How about that? Three of them. 
Yeah. That one actually kind of coincidentally got a little bit into religion, which uh, I seem to be uh, exposing myself to a lot of lately. And that made me think, is this happening as much as it normally does? And I'm just noticing it more for the reason that now my show opening is from Pendulet, or because my show opening is now from famous atheist Pendulet, I'm now exposing myself to more uh, atheistic thoughts and things. Just things. I'm going to be vague there. For example, on an upcoming book Wednesday, probably next week, in fact, if my timelines are straight, I'm going to be bringing back the God Delusion by Richard Dawkins, which was always a book I meant to read, meant to read, meant to read. Uh, perhaps the reason that I finally jumped into it is the reason that thinking so much about Pendulette opening my program here that I finally made the uh, the plunge into the book. I don't know. Some various psychological things going on here that I have no idea what they are, but uh, that doesn't really matter. Let's just assume that I am insane. That's probably your safest base assumption for all of the things going on in my brain. That I am insane. In the membrane. Okay, folks, so uh, just about at work, I will wrap up Penn's Sunday School by saying, go give her a listen. Why don't you? Uh, he's got a very large back catalog at that at this point, if you have never listened to an episode before. So, uh, as I recommend for any podcast, look for one that the description sort of appeals to you. And then if you like that, delve further in. How about that for an idea? Uh, I actually have more to talk about. I, I also brought back an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, Comedy Bang Bang. So, I will after eight hours of work, be back to speak of that thing. It is, uh, why don't I tease it, although that makes zero sense to do so, since I will be speaking of it in moments from your point of view. It is the first episode of 2014, is what it is that I'm going to be talking about. Talking about, oh god, Comedy Bang Bang, back in several moments. I will, of course, though, say that, oh my... Glob, look at her butt. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Well, that was a work day. Yes, sorry, Bobby. That's what we say in the little cube. Liberal Cube, instead of Yes Siri Bob, we say Yes Siri Bobby because it has a, a funnerness. More funnerness. We also say funnerness. We also make up words or blurts, if you prefer. I don't know why you would prefer because that is a made up word, blurred. Blur, 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 blurred, blurred, blurred. Blurred's not a word. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. I think it's probably just going to be safer. If we hop into Comedy Bang Bang, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do, for the reason that it was hilarious, which is not unusual, I think, and I've mentioned this most times that I've brought Comedy Bang Bang back, that it is the podcast that, for me, has probably generated the most laughter in terms of 
hard, have to stifle my laughters, my laughs, for the reason that if people hear me laugh as loud as I want to laugh at this particular podcast, they would think I'm insane. And uh, I mention, or should mention, that I listen to these at work. At work. So I can't be busting out like a maniac, despite the fact that this show, show, podcast, often makes me want to do so. Okay? So that's pretty much the best and most ringing endorsement I feel I could give a podcast. I did mention on a internet day not too, too long ago that for the year of 2013, uh, Comedy Bang Bang host Scott Ackerman posted four best of 2013 episodes. Four full ones. So that was awesome to listen to over the holidays where you, I know I didn't really want to be at work and yet was. So uh, it was nice to have that to cheer me up muchly. And I was looking forward to this as well, the first episode of 2014, where his guest, his, I guess we should say, perhaps his real guest, came in the form of Mr. Ben Schwartz. What? Ben Schwartz? I know what you're asking yourself. You're saying, Jordan, isn't that the guy who you said will be sort of the next big thing in comedy? Every time his name comes up, you friggin' maniac, stop mentioning that. Uh, uh, yes, yes, that is uh, the Ben Schwartz in question. I think it has become sort of a theme now that uh, whenever the newest episode of the year comes about, Mr. Ben Schwartz will pop into Earwolf Studios and record an, epi- an episode of Comedy Bang Bang with host Scott Ackman, and it is a little slice of heaven for a couple of reasons. reasons that I think could potentially, but never would, in this case, piss people off. And that is that uh, Scott Ackman host will call Ben Schwartz, Benny Schwaz. Hey, it's Benny Schwaz. He'll say, slyly. Yeah, slyly. That's as good, good, good a description as any way that he says, Benny Schwaz. Yeah kind of thusly. A little bit. A little bit. The other thing is that uh, Ben Schwartz is on a television program called House of Lies that Scott Ackerman refuses to say by the correct name. In fact, I do not believe he has ever said it by the correct name ever, while being recorded anyways. I don't think. Maybe. No. I'll, I'll tell you what. If you, listening to this, have evidence of him saying House of Lies, well... You got yourself there, caught him. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Rather than call it House of Lies, he calls it House of Pies. Oh man, you silly, silly Scott Ackerman. It's House of Lies, not House of Pies. Jeez. <laughs> he even has like a whole sort of, I guess you could call it a backstory of what House of, House of Pies is about which has nothing to do with the actual show House of Lies. It is an amusing joke. Mmm, joke. He also says it's on HBO and it is on Showtime? FX? No, what's House of Lies on? House of Lies, maybe I should just mention, since I have mentioned it, that uh, it's not a show I have actually factually seen, but it is one I'm very, very interested in, and one that is sort of on my radar to watch at some point. 
Uh, I have a feeling that it's going to be one of those shows that I'll sort of get my binge on. I think they're in their third, going into their fourth season, which is kind of a, a usually a very good time to pounce on a show. Ideally for me, and this makes me maybe a bit of a bastard, I wait for the show to be off the air and then pounce on it, because that way you can consume it all at once, and that always feels so, so very good. So that is what I do, because it feels good. And as they say, if it feels good, do it. If it feels great, do it again. Well, went a little, went a little dirty there. Okay, so we've talked host, we've talked real guests. Why don't we talk the... I hate to do this, but there's kind of no way around it. The fake guest. Comedy Bang Bang's formula is that they will have a real, actual, factual person who exists in this universe, in this case, the aforementioned Benny Schwaz, and then they will have a quote-unquote fake guest, which is a person, actor or comedian, usually comedian, pretending to be somebody else. In this case, it was Coco Marx, who is, if you are unfamiliar with Coco Marx, the grandson of Groucho Marx. Yeah, can you believe? Can you believe they got him on the show? Uh, well, no, I, I can't believe it for the reason that it wasn't actually Groucho Marx's son. I feel bad just even saying this, but there's no way to describe this. I suppose I could play along and and not let you know that it's Ratio Sands pretending to be Coco Marx, Groucho Marx's grandson. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. In fact, uh, forget everything I've said up until this point regarding Coco Marx. And let me just sort of, okay, let me get in a frame of mind here. I'm shaking my head to get my thoughts in order, as I believe people do when acting. Don't you, don't you shake your head just, just before you start acting? Isn't that part of the acting craft? Yeah, okay. So, their other guest was Coco Marx, who is the grandson of Groucho Marx. Wow, can you believe they got him on there? Pretty cool, pretty uh, pretty cool beans. I'm a big Groucho Marx fan. I've seen not all, I think I'm on maybe four. I got a big box set full of uh, Groucho Marx movies, and I think I've watched four of them so far, with uh, maybe there's... I don't actually remember how many's in the set, but seeing this interview makes me want to revisit those very, very much so. So maybe I will do as I do from time to time and give myself a mental note. Jordan, mental note, why don't you check out a uh, another Crowd Show Marks movie since you seem to enjoy them so much, you fucker. Mental note completed. Something, uh, let's hop into the episode itself now. Something this episode had in spades is uh, Ben Schwartz and Scott Ackerman just a freakish, freakish amount. So much so that they pointed out that if this was your first episode that you're listening to, this is not how it normally goes. And just a, a crazy amount of randomly breaking in the song. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I loved it. <laughs> I could see that potentially, and maybe that's why they made a point of saying that not all episodes break into song as often as this one. Potentially, you will get listeners who do not like that, which saddens me because it's not that their voices are beautiful, although they are. It's that two grown men sitting in a room talking, randomly breaking into song, is humorous. 
It is full of humor, enormously, which is where the word comes from, maybe. I don't know. Uh, something that a comedy Bang Bang episode often turns into as well is that uh, host Scott Ackman and, in this case, Ben Schwartz will end up kind of tag-teaming the third guest as far as interviewing. I, that's, I, I want to specify, tag-teaming as far as interviewing, okay? Interviewing, you dirty bastard. So a lot of uh, things sort of popped up, things that we didn't probably know of uh, Coco Marx, things such as he is sort of a pioneer in the celebrity sex tape biz. In fact, uh, started out way back when and used to transfer the sort of film of uh, very, very old, sometimes even silent era, <laughs> I guess not silent era, uh, very old celebrity sex films and transfer them over to uh, records, LPs, vinyl, if you will. <laughs> Why would he do this? It's audio only. Uh, you know, sex audio, that can, uh, that can get you going, I suppose. He was the man behind the Kardashian sex tape, so pretty, uh, pretty interesting. As well as behind the, um, legendary Gavin McLeod sex tape. <laughs> Gavin McLeod, who you may know from the uh, Mary Tyler Moore show, as well as the uh, Love Boat. Mm. What you're probably going to want to do, because I know you're going to want to see this legendary sex tape, is at the very least type into Google Images Gavin McLeod and get a look at what you'd be dealing with once you got your hands on this infamous sex tape. Yeah, really, really get yourself going. He, he, and when I say he, I'm referring to Coco Marks, has somewhat recently left the biz of celebrity sex tapes and has sort of moved into attempting a career in stand-up, as in stand-up comedy. He is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, horrible. Just horrible. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts. He is horrible at stand-up. Uh, his somewhat formula, if it can be called a formula, quite often involve saying a sort of famous Groucho Marx line uh, or quote, and then adding um, a punchline that made zero sense, a punchline that may make sense to another random joke, but I don't think ever would. And then <laughs> uh, the part, that right there, I think potentially not funny at all. The part that made it funny for me and seemingly made it funny for Scott Ackerman and Ben Schwartz is the fact that in order to indicate that the joke was then completed, he would say, Viet. <laughs> uh, that, that is the part that I laughed long and hard. Long and hard. The end. At, <laughs> because he kept having these ridiculous things and then it's, it's, it's the adding the end to it. I, I don't know what it, what it does to the, to this horrible scenario, but what it does, oh boy, I don't know what it does, but what it does, uh, is make it funny. So thank you to that. They attempted a, I guess we'll call it a game, and I'm not sure if this is an actual factual game or something just sort of 
spur of the moment that I believe was Ben Schwartz said would be a good idea. And that was one person would say a, oh, what went first? I can't remember what went first, but the general idea was one person would say the punchline to a joke and then the other person would have to say the setup. Or one person would have to, yeah, no, that's what it was. One person would have to say the setup to a joke and then the other person would have to come up with a punchline to that setup. Which, uh, apparently, because all these guys are well, well, well versed in the art of improv and being quick on your toes, were actually not very quick on their toes with this particular quote-unquote game. So uh, it was surprising to hear them have difficulty doing so, which uh, I tried doing it just sort of in my head, and, and I can understand their frustrations. This is coming from someone who has no training in virtually anything, just period. Uh, I did go to school to be a librarian. So, you know, take that into account. Take that into account. That is not a joke either, in the end. Okay, uh, lastly for the purposes of our talk here, as well as basically the purposes of their talk there, they played my favorite part of the show, and that is an actual factual game that they play most episodes. A little something they call Would You Rather. That's the uh, the theme song. Little little tidbit of it there for you. If you are unfamiliar with this game, it's a kind of an improv-style game in which host Scott Ackerman will say, would you rather this, or would you rather this? Now, the whole point of the game is to not immediately pick from the two scenarios. What you're going to want to do is try to discern through asking questions what, in fact, is the better of the two scenarios, because you don't have all the facts. These are not just simple black-and-white questions. There's many, many variables that are unknown to you at the time of questioning. So you got to dig down deep, or DDD, and try to figure out which one is the correct answer. Luckily, host Scott Ackerman knows every single thing about both scenarios, which makes your questions answerable. All right. So uh, what I do and what I will do to end the show is give you the two would-you-rather scenarios, and then you can play along at home. How about that for an idea? Stealing their idea and bringing it here for you to do at home. That is probably not good, but that's what's going to goddamn well happen. Would you rather, A, only be able to clean yourself with soup, or, 2, have the combined powers of the Fantastic Four, however only in your genitals. Folks, that will end our talk here. I will have to say, though, one final thing, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Happy episode 250, by the way. Special thanks to Penn Gillette for new opening, as well as Emily Gillette for just being nice. Nice. To be nice to the nice, if you will. The end. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address. 
www.jordan.gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper